Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, another podcast week. Welcome, Emily Davis. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So excited. We'll talk more about who you are and what you do after our little story session here. <laughs> after I get the get us kicked off with um, some of the thoughts that I wrote for uh, for this episode, just with our brief introduction and. This week is a little bit different, so we're going to see how it feels, see where it goes. But, um, well, I'll explain in my writing, but I definitely sat down and I was like, whoa, this feels different. (laughs) So here we go. (laughs) All right. There's a whole discussion in the writer's world about whether, right, like blocks exist. Is there such a thing as a writer's block? Are they in our heads? Can we overcome them? Like, what is a writer's block? And I've never identified as someone who struggles with a writer's block. I am a, have always kind of considered myself a writer and I can write kind of at will and as desired and in long chunks or short chunks. But after procrastinating and avoiding for far too long, I have written and deleted this post that I'm reading <laughs> several times, which is so super interesting because we're going to learn later that Emily talks about blocks. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I have a routine for my writing and it usually happens where I snuggle up into a cozy nook of my couch. I get a yummy beverage. I put a pillow on my lap and I just kind of open my heart and my mind to whatever's meant to come through. And I trust that what's meant to come through is what will come through. And it usually does. But sometimes it doesn't feel like it's coming. And this was one of those times. So when I was introduced to Emily, I knew immediately that she was a perfect guest for the show. Her vulnerability and wisdom came through right away. I thought the post for her show would come easy like all the others. But the words she shared intimidated me. Abusive relationship, major trauma, bad person, religious upbringing, subconscious blocks. Who am I, a privileged white girl in a 20-plus year relationship with a loving man and an amazing childhood? Who am I to think I have a story or tools that will help? When women like Emily have earned their warrior badges and no hardship far beyond my own. But that's the story. Women like Emily, women like me, and women like you don't have to have the same stories to be woven into the same webs. We're here because we share abortion. We're here because our wombs have held babies whose hands we can't grip. We're here showing up, telling our stories, because we want to make the world a new place, a place where healing follows trauma, a place where we can say the word abortion and open arms, not cans of worms. What heals one of us has the power to heal us all. 
But if we are to heal the collective wound of the abortion stigma, we have to remember that there might be blocks in our way. Blocks that require helpful people and light energy to move. Blocks that only an open heart and mind can shine light on. We all have a calling in this world. It might be for our own healing, or it might be toward the healing of a whole gender or race. The magnitude of the work is irrelevant, and the tools for success are the same. Move one little piece at a time until you feel the weight start to shift. Emily is here with us today as a best-selling author, spiritual coach, energy healer, podcast host, artist, and self-proclaimed mega nerd. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about that. And to get, um, to get here, she had subconscious blocks she had to move. She is proof of what's possible in so many ways. Before we start our conversation, I want to share this ex excerpt from Emily's website. I am an abuse survivor. Yep. I was, an abuse, I was in an abusive relationship for over four years. And though it may surprise you, I don't actually hate my ex. Don't get me wrong. I don't not hate him either. I simply nothing him. I have healed the parts of me that did hate him, but more importantly, hated me because of what he did, because of all that trauma. I was able to discover the process that I currently use to help people uncover their gifts. So gratitude is given. Oh, sorry. I, I should let you read this, but anyway. So gratitude is given, yet credit is actively withheld. I thought that was so beautifully written and a great introduction to our conversation. Oh, that, you're going to make me cry. I know. I was so almost glad. crying reading that. I'll oh be honest. God. Thank <laughs> you. Like that is the, just, wow. What a beautiful way to pave the way into a cool conversation. And I just feel so honored that you appreciate my work. <laughs> yeah. So here we are about to have a cool conversation and a hard yeah. one. And, and it really was so interesting. I sat down to do this work and like, I had to open my heart and I had to open my head and I had to like tap into love in a way that I don't usually have to do. Like I had to get that block out of the way of like her story's bigger than mine. Her story's harder than mine. She's more of a warrior than I am. Like I had to move all that out of a way, out of the way to make room for this. And that was a really interesting experience for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it, and on my side, I don't feel like my story is bigger than yours or different. Right? Than Isn't it or so? my blocks are bigger in any way. Like, <laughs> it's just things that happen in my life, things that happen in your life. Either yeah. way, we still have our own set of like these crazy blocks that we have to deal with, whether we've known what our big traumas are or their small traumas, we kind of just collected along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being here. Um, do you now want to share anything about your story or the work that you do now or how your abortion influenced the work that you do now? This is kind of an open playing field for us to just have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my story is very interesting. It has many, many facets. Um, and so I'll kind of start at like the very, very beginning and kind of work all the way through because it's kind of hard to understand if you just take snippets. So um, I knew of my own metaphysical gifts from the time I was basically, you know, for as long as I can remember, I was a, I was a kid. Um, and, and I mean, things like being a psychic and seeing people in my room that weren't there and feeling other people's pain physically in my body, those sort of things. 
and I knew of this from very, very early on. I didn't know it was weird though until I was about six or seven and that other people, this wasn't normal for because I remember I tried to tell my mom and I was raised very Catholic. I had a good, really good childhood and I have really amazing, loving, supporting parents, but they didn't have the framework to understand anything I was saying. It was like, I mean, this is also like, not a conversation that was happening openly and in public back then. It was like a psychic was someone you went to on the store on the corner who tried to read your body language that everyone didn't like. Um, and that wasn't me. So I remember telling my mom like, Hey, like I see these things and I feel these things. Like, what is this? And like, your parents are like your first deities, right? So they're supposed to know everything. And she didn't. And I was immediately like, what? Like, <laughs> you're supposed to know all the things that happen in my life, and you're supposed to tell me how everything's fine, and then you don't know what's going on. You're just telling me to go outside and play. Like, that's not good. Um, so I started to kind of like block off my gifts from that point on, just because of fear of like no one else knowing what they were. They were already scary to me in a lot of ways, um, and fear is one of the biggest blocks we have on our own magic in any capacity. Um, and like shame of I'm weird, other people don't know what this is. So I already kind of had some of those blocks into play, which led me to seek external validation in my like high school years because I just, though I couldn't talk about all the things that I was, I wanted someone to accept everything I was so badly um, and love me for that so badly. Mm. Um, and that led me into the arms of my horrendously abusive ex-husband. Um, because he was the, the classic um, psychopathic narcissist that would could talk all of the pretty words that got me to basically saddle my wagon to his right away and constantly put me into this, like, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to prove myself worthy of your love. Like, you say you love me, so I'm going to be good enough, you know, to make you really love me and show you how much I love you back. Um, and I got stuck in that. Um, I actually, I got pregnant with him at 18. Um, and I had my son prematurely um, that year. And so, so I had him at 18. I got married like less than six months after that. And I had my daughter 13 months after that when I was 19. So I had one kid right after another. Um, and mostly that was because sex wasn't an option. When you're in, in an abusive relationship, it's not like you have any sort of sex drive whatsoever, but sex is 100% not an option because if you don't give it, it's, it's literally spousal rape because if you don't give it, bad things will happen. Mm -hmm. So it, you're for, forced into the situation of like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep pleasing. I'm going to keep pleasing. And well, part of the way I please is through my body. So right after I had my daughter, um, I got pregnant again and I was like, I can't. I can't do this. Like, this is horrible. Like I already have tried to do this twice. And like, I have two kids under two, like, and we're living in like essentially squalor. I'm barely surviving anyway. And so I was like, Hey, like I need to go get an abortion. And he was actually surprisingly all for it. Um, which I was kind of shocked by. I thought he'd be like, yeah, no, we're going to have another kid. Cause that like further indentures me to him. And it connects mm, me to him. Mm -hmm. um, and it was hard for me to come to terms with like, I'm going to go do this because it was another part of the huge identity death that I was experiencing of like, I was in this situation I never thought I would be in. I was with this person I never thought I would be with. I was in constant pain and I was trying to come to terms with the parts of me that had gotten me to that place. Um, and that's part of the reason women don't leave abusive relationships yeah. is admitting you're in an abusive relationship is admitting you got yourself there in some capacity and right. you're admitting you're, you basically betrayed everything you thought you were. And so this was another part of that, like massive betrayal of myself of like, I guess I'm going to go do this. Like not that I ever had an issue with abortion. It was just one of those things that I never thought I would happen to. Right. Um, and so 
I remember I, I got my abortion and I was so relieved because I was like, there's just one less thing that is, you know, connecting me to this person. There's one less thing I have to deal with. And I, he didn't care at all. He made me come home and clean the house afterwards. Like he didn't give any sort of notion about it at all. So it was so much pain and just around the whole situation of just like, it was one of those final pieces of my soul just kind of crushing and just mm. not having anything left of me. Is that like not this person wouldn't even care after I'm in like this pain. Um, and so then when I finally was able to escape all of that horribleness um, with my babies, I remember I was like, because in the time when you're in an abusive relationship, you're fight or flight all the time. So your magic is gone. There is no magic. There's no intuition. Yeah, there's nothing. Right. It's just please him or die um, is how it feels. And so when I finally got out of that and I was in a safe place again, like I knew I had all of this trauma and all this pain and all these blocks and all this craziness in my, in me. But I remember for the first time I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to get to use my magic. Like I'm ready to experience what this is. Like I want to know all parts of myself again because I was really trying to rediscover who I was. And um, part of that is my magic. And I remember being so excited and then it didn't come back. Mm. And I was so upset because I thought he had taken that part of me too. That's everything. No. Okay. Oh my gosh. There's so much. I know. So, That's why I was like, I have to start at the beginning. And no, like, no, no. Here? It's so good. I want you to keep going. I just want to <laughs> stop for one second and uh, have you define magic. Yes. Yeah. So when I'm talking about magic or I'm talking about your metaphysical or spiritual gifts, what I am genuinely talking about is the way you perceive things that your normal senses can't see or can't feel or can't touch um, or can't hear. It's the extra sensory perception. So kind of the way that we think of six senses or, you know, have, being a psychic or being a medium, you're seeing parts of the world and the universe um, that you otherwise can't, whether you're seeing it through hearing it or feeling it or with yeah. your eyes or your third eye or whatever it is. Um, but they're your intuitive gifts that help you perceive the world differently. Yeah. So intuition is mm -hmm. like a way that a lot of people would resonate with that. Kind of. Although, um, so, yeah. <laughs> right. It's complicated because yeah. is it coming through just a knowing or is it coming through literally a hearing or a seeing? Yeah. Right. So there's six uh, I'm sorry, seven clair senses, um, which are different ways of this extrasensory perception. Um, and we actually released an episode of this on my podcast specifically so that we like talked through them all because there's so okay. much. We're going to say the name of your podcast again later, but say it now. It's called Perceptionists Anonymous. Um, and it's a metaphysical comedy podcast. <laughs> I mean, how good is that, you guys? A <laughs> metaphysical comedy podcast? Like, hello. I know. I was like, this is the weirdest niche, but here we go. This okay, so you just released an episode about the seven Claire's clairvoyance, yes. Claire. Yeah. Okay. Clairvoyance, clairsentience, clair mm -hmm. empathy, claircognizance. And they're all different ways that you can perceive. They're not specific gifts. So one's not like Claire psychic, like that's yeah, not yeah, a thing. Yeah. Um, but you may be a psychic, but see the future um, via actual images in your brain, or you might see the future via, via things you hear in the back of your head, or you may see the future based on feelings you get in your body. Um, yeah. And so there's just different ways of perceiving the information um, that fall under your specific gift. And everyone has unique gifts that are uniquely their own. Um, so even though people say like, I'm a psychic, they all think, you know, perceive information differently. Or you may have a gift that might not even have a name, I, right. you know. Some of my or some combination that for you manifests as something. Okay. So let's right. go back to your story. But mm -hmm. what I wanted to clarify was since that moment when you were with, you kind of felt like not understood by your mom. Mm -hmm. Right. And thinking like, oh my gosh, like I have to push this away. Right. 
since that moment through this time that you were like, I'm ready for it to come back. You hadn't really tapped in. Not entirely. Um, okay. I, it's not like I could shut it off though, either. Um, of course. <laughs> so it was more of like me trying to block it and not look at it and hoping it would go away for a lot mm -hmm. of that time. Um, because I didn't have any tools to deal with it. I didn't know what the hell was going on, um, or why I was experiencing it and other people weren't. And like, it wasn't, I mean, this was before Facebook and stuff too. So it wasn't like there was an internet community you could rely on either. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just like utter isolation. There was a period of time. Cause like typically back then, not so much now that I like know how to use them and all that sort of thing. But back then I would see, as I was falling asleep, people's spirit guides would come to me and mm. I could see them in my room or I could hear them very clearly or something along those lines. And it would happen sometimes when I was around people as well, where I would get messages from their guides. Yeah. Um, and it would be like really intimate information. And I would like say something and they would look at me like I was insane. Like, how did you know that kind of thing? And I'm like, uh, no reason. I just had a guess. <laughs> I can't tell you. Right, that so that it's not like it went away, no. but you weren't leaning into it and, no. and expanding it and no. in your life. Okay. So now we're back to the story and here you are through this really challenging time and you're ready to go back there and yeah. it's not coming the way you're right. Okay. So now keep going. Yeah. Well, and part of it, I think too, is because I had so much fear around my gifts before I even got into the abusive relationship. I didn't know what they were and they were really scary. And like there was a period of time I had my mom sleep in my bed with me, like in high school, because I was so scared of like things I was seeing and wow. things along those lines that after this relationship where I literally spent years in fear, I was like, who cares if these things come and talk to me? Like, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm tired yeah, of fear. Right. I'm done. Like, let's, wow. let's let them come, wow. you know? Um, but yeah, so then they didn't Oh come. my gosh. So I'm getting chills right now because it's like, no one would wish that relationship on you again or on anyone else and I say this about abortion all the time it's not like we're like oh let's go have an abortion this will be amazing it's like a gift right that's mm -hmm. abusive relationships neglect all these things like we don't wish them on anyone but in some ways it was the thing that allowed you to lean into fear because it gave you relief basically yeah so like wow that's really cool <laughs> Thank you. I mean, right. Well, we, again, we don't, we wish it hadn't happened to you, but for you to be able to use that to unlock and lean into the fear of your gifts, maybe you never would have come around to those gifts without no. leaning into that and having experienced, like I can experience some serious badass fear and yep. still survive, still be here, still have this beautiful life which may not have felt so beautiful at the time, but still, wow, really, really cool. Yeah, no, it did though. It did feel beautiful at the time because I was like, oh my God, like I survived. Like I did yeah. it. Like I'm through this, even as I'm trying to figure out who I am again, like this is great. I don't care what fear has to say anymore. Like it definitely was liberating because wow. there's no more fear I can feel, you know, like I already oh have gosh. so much anxiety. There's none left. So let's do something else. Wow. So then though, when it didn't come back, I was so angry and so upset. And it was like a whole other re-traumatizing of like, great, I'm like not even good enough to have this back again. And like that cycle came back that I decided I was like, no, like there is no way he's going to take this intrinsic part of me. That's been part of me for my entire life. I'm going to figure out how to get rid of all this stuff that's blocking these gifts from coming through. The way I describe kind of your magic, first of all, everyone has these gifts. 
100% of people on this planet have metaphysical spiritual gifts. They're just blocked by things like you talked about in your post. They're blocked by just the gunk of life that happens. Like whether you have big trauma like I did, or you have smaller traumas throughout your life, like your mom telling you that you're weird. Like that's a small trauma, but it affected my pattern. It's not something I define my life in necessarily, but it's just these things that I ingrained into myself. They all block like your river of magic. It's like you're just constantly as you're living, yeah. throwing rocks and sticks and beavers and crap into your river. And it's like throwing beavers into your river. <laughs> so good. Oh, my chair's squeaking. Okay, keep going. Oh, yeah. But so that's what's jamming you up. So not only was I on a mission to like heal from all this trauma and pain, but I was like, there has to be a way to to get rid of the beavers in my river. Like there has to be a way to clear this back out so it flows naturally. So I can actually look at it and even figure out how to use these things when I want. Yeah. Um, and then through that, it was really cool because I really did discover my purpose as I cleared more blocks, especially wow. when it came to tackling the thing like the ultimate identity death I felt like I, that died with me when I had the abortion when I came to tackling that and I really was able to like forgive and clear a lot of my pain and grieve and do all of those things I was able to truly see like how important my magic was and how important it is for people to feel and see all parts of themselves which includes yeah, yeah. okay and go back to those words you just said my ultimate identity go ahead yeah, my ultimate identity death that I had experienced wow. at that time. So the abortion triggered that for you, where you were like, this is not happening anymore. Kind of. It was or like, like, there's a shift here. It was like, yes, it was, I would say within, well, about six or seven months after that, I actually was able to escape. But it was like the, that final thing where it, I knew all parts of me that I had ever thought were there were gone, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So like I felt it was like that final, like I was still sh holding on to these shreds of who I was before the ab abusive relationship, even though I had now had two kids and I was, a, you know, basically just outside of being a teenager and like yeah. all these things that happened, I was still holding on to like little pieces of me. And like when that happened, as thankful as I was for it and as relieved as I was, it was just like, there's literally nothing that you won't do that you thought you never would if that makes sense it was like yeah, totally I you're mean totally that's... a clean slate now you're everything you thought yeah. you were is gone and it was like this breakdown moment of like I've been stripped to my studs yeah. like there's nothing there's nothing left I just exist to please him and I wow. just exist to to make sure that my kids and I don't die day to day and it was do a really really think, weird feeling do you ever think that that soul that baby that pregnancy came to you to, to make this, to like initiate this shift? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I've had people, um, have me channel cause I also do mediumship. So I've had actually people have me channel lost pregnancies or channel aborted pregnancies, um, to see if I can oh, talk God. to them. Yeah. It's really <laughs> I'm like, kind of like, Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's a brave Definitely thing to do. I need a session, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most of the time, the things that come through are very much like that. Like I was just sent yeah. to you for this reason or this reason, or, oh, don't worry when you're pregnant again, it's going to be me again. Like that's a really common one. Yeah. And people are always like, what? And I'm like, oh, it's just going to be the same soul. It'll feel the same to you. And then they'll text me like eight months later. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant again. And it does feel the same, you know, yeah. like the same Whoa. being or whatever it yep. is. So I I've feel had like a couple for me, like I had three kids and I knew I was done. 
Mm-hmm. And so then I did have that belief that it was a soul that chose me. And so I had a period where I was like, wait a second, this baby's not going to come back because I'm done. Mm-hmm. So then I had to create a relationship with that yep. baby without it a physical form. And like, that's been my journey and my experience. And like, that's what I'm still growing and, and evolving. But, um, yeah, it is real. I hear that a lot that, that, that soul comes back in another pregnancy. And Mm -hmm. I, I was like, well, that would be really comforting if I ever wanted to get pregnant again, but I don't. (laughs) Right. But I mean, that's still, you're still creating a a relationship with a consciousness. Totally. I mean, I totally believe, I think of her as another child. Mm-hmm. She's just not here, which is batshit exactly. crazy. Like, I no. mean, there's got to be people who listen to my podcast and they're like, okay, I think I want to hear someone talking about abortion, but this is nuts. <laughs> I'm okay I see, with that. Fine. It's crazy at all. I think it's beautiful. And I'm also the person who like can hear plants talk. So like, you're really like, you're not Beautiful. talking crazy to me. I love it. Um, well, I know I'm not to you. So that's why I was trying to have you on the show. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I step back again? Yeah. So something it, you said that I jotted down. You said he's not going to take this from yeah. me. And our thoughts are so powerful. It's thoughts like that that initiate the action and the results and the, like the feelings that create our world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so do you feel like that thought just came to you or like what in you owned that? Like he's not taking this from me. It was remember that moment. (laughs) Very clearly. It was the initial spark that my fight was coming back. I had been so broken to his will and his whims and his everything else. And that was the first time where my true, like, reminder of who I was as a person came back. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that being like, that is me. Like, that's not him. That's not anything else. That's not a guide telling me this. This is like the spark of my being getting to talk again. Oh my God. And that's what it was. Yeah, it's such a powerful thing because I mean, how many women think things like that and then they they let it fade away, right? Like mm-hmm. or it's more like I wish he wouldn't take this from me or it's not fair that he can take this from me or I wish I could stop him. Like don't get me wrong, after that time there was definitely specifically when I was in a new really healthy relationship with my now fiance who's like an incredible freaking awesome human being um but when I got into that relationship all the PTSD kicked into full gear from my last one and there was a definitely a period of time where I was like how come I have to keep paying for this yeah like he got to walk away scot-free after freaking almost killing me and I have to keep paying for this years and years after the fact this is not fair so there was a time where I did go back into kind of that victim mentality of like this happened to me and it's not fair. I still have to deal with it and all that sort of thing. Whereas oh, if- so many women, if they've listened this far through our craziness can relate to that, right? Yeah. It's not fair that he keeps taking from me. I finally got out and he keeps, and I, I have to say, I've never been in an abusive relationship, so I can't relate to that, but I know that so many women are like, 
understanding that feeling. And so, so important that, that you're able to verbalize that and share, yeah. shed light on it. And it doesn't even have to be a, an abusive relationship, but any sort of relationship totally. from, whether you've been cheated on or just broken up with over text or anything like that. Like or it could even be from a here. parent. Or, or a parent, like, yeah, yeah exactly. it might not be a relationship, a friendship, a parent, a boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that causes those issues to come up when you're in that situation again. And you, it's easy to feel how dare this keep happening? Like, how dare they keep affecting me? Why do I have to keep doing this? This sucks. And it's a lot harder to feel that it's going to be a good thing when I overcome this. And I wonder what, yeah. So can you define, can you talk about how you define that as that victim mentality? Cause I mean, I, I know exactly what you're referring to, but some of the listeners are like victim is that's not a mentality. That's like a thing. Like that's a real thing for a lot of people. And so how do you make that shift from seeing it as a mindset into, into like your own empowerment? Yeah. So one of my mottos is exist on purpose. Mm. Oh, ah, that's so good. (laughs) Yeah. So exist on purpose is so important. And if you're sitting there like, why is this still happening to me? You're not existing on purpose. You're existing as a, as a result of what life is hitting you with. You're not existing as a, I'm going to control this and I'm going to change this and I'm going to be the person in charge of what I do in life. Mm. Um, And life is always going to come up and hit you with things, but that mindset of, oh, poor me, it hurt me, it's me again. And don't get me wrong, like I am severely victimized as a human being by my ex. And I talk about weird magic witchy crap all day long. People love to tell me that I'm from the devil or whatever it is that their belief is. So like, there's very easy ways where you can frame that into a, oh, poor me, I don't want to do this. This is really hard. Why does it always have to be so hard? Or why, you know, why am I so sad or whatever it is? And like, think about it in that way, whereas opposed to being like, okay, there's a lesson here. I'm going to learn some really cool stuff from this and I'm going to take it with me and wear it as a badge and we're going to move on and it's going to be great. And it's the same, like, it's the flip. It's like, I, I love that you introduced did the introduction with that flip from my website because I feel like <laughs> that illustrates the point really clearly of like, yeah, like I don't give him credit for this because it's my mentality and my mindset that overcame all of his crap. But if I didn't have that situation, there wouldn't have been a reason to overcome anything. Yeah, that line you said, I simply nothing him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's so good. It's like coming, <laughs> it's coming to a place of neutral, right? Like this wasn't, wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It's just a thing, right? And oh, I simply nothing him. Yeah. Wow. And it's true. I, I do nothing him. Like I, I'm not angry. I don't have resentment. I don't forgive him. I don't feel like there's a need to forgive him because that's not going to Yeah, And there are certainly some people who would take that to the next level. Like nothing him is, is a, you know, is an amazing place to be. And what would it feel like if you could love him? I'm not saying you should go there, but I'm saying there are some people who would take you to that level and that's okay too. Like, Mm-hmm. it's okay to get through an abuse of anything, a relationship with a parent or a lover or a boss or a friend. Yeah. And to get to that other side where you can find compassion. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. But I think this is such a beautiful place for people to sit is like, I simply, it like to 
believe that that's possible is so powerful. Like Mm -hmm. to believe that it's possible to not love or hate somebody. Right. Right. Just, it's just an existence. That is, that's like mind blowing to a lot of people. Right. Yeah. The ancient Greeks held this really cool belief. And I always like to think about it when it comes to this sort of concept is in their underworld, there were stages, right? There was Tartarus, which was like our, the Christian version of hell, where all the bad crap happened. And then there was, um, you know, like Elysium, which is like essentially like the Christian version of heaven, where all the good stuff happened if you lived a good life. And then if you didn't really do much of either and you just kind of were neutral, there's these beautiful fields and you would just stand in this field and be peaceful for eternity like that's where your soul would go and so I always like to think about that of like that isn't bad or good it's just peaceful and like having that peace in day-to-day it's like 100% possible yeah and that's the place that I you know I feel like I opened this conversation around abortion and continue to open it in many ways because that's the place I'd like us to get to right it's not like pro-life or pro-choice. It's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It just is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so just like your, your relationship with him, it's like, you know, imagine if we could just say abortion and it wasn't heated, right? It wasn't charged. It just was. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think of another procedure, right? It's like, <laughs> it's just part of, you just got your knee fixed. Like exactly. It's yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's no judgment that influences the conversation around it. And that's the stigma piece. Oh, and this is your writer piece. Was it, am I making this up or was it your book I just read about was around stigma? That was somebody else, maybe. It's not mine. My book is healing PTSD through role play gaming strategy. Okay, I knew you wrote a book <laughs> and I started to like, what's happening here? My brain's getting all tripped it's up. Okay. It's a lot of stuff. Woman, I'm telling you, you guys, you gotta go, you gotta go check out her website because she's so much going on. It's just totally amazing. So um, before I share like information um, and, or you share whatever ways for people to find you, is there anything else you want to share that you, that spirit or, or whatever you call it is calling you to share with the listeners? Well, first and foremost, before I even truly tap in, because I already have, I can already hear shit. There's like seven Uh, people talking in my head at all times. Like that is like a norm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're like, oh, what's spirit calling you to say? And all of them are like, this, this, this. I'm like, no, hold on. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Um, But first and foremost, it's so important to not just heal your blocks for your like mental health and like release those, but also for that spiritual, metaphysical, magical health. Mm -hmm. Um, And having those access to that magic and those gifts is really having access to the full parts of you that are you. Um, And why it's why I now help people discover their purpose through accessing their magic is because it's really hard to discover your purpose if you don't see the whole picture of who you are as a being. So like, that's part of the reason I do that now. Um, And like you're saying how it's like normalize the conversation around abortion. It's kind of like normalizing this. Like that's basically my too. is like, let's normalize the conversation around these weird magical concepts that seem really abstract. Um, and also helps remind you that you're not alone in anything because you all yeah. have, like this massive team of spirit guides and spirit guiding you and all this crazy stuff. So there's like the big overarching thing too. It just like struck a chord as you were talking about that with the abortion piece. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, come on. What else are they saying? Come on. Just, just tuning in. Um, so the first thing is that one of them really, really wants me to say is don't forget to grieve the parts of yourself that you lost. 
Mm. Um, so every time we, we sh- go through anything, like even if it's a good thing, like you get a promotion or something, you lose parts of yourself yeah, or you lose those parts yeah. that no longer serve you behind. And it's okay to grieve them, even if it's a happy thing going on. And specifically yeah. talking around your platform of like abortion, it's like okay to not only grieve the soul that you may not have a connection with anymore, but also to grieve the parts of yourself that you left with that. And that's a mm. huge part of kickstarting the process. And you get to grieve however you want to grieve, whether you follow the seven steps of grief or whatever it is, or you're just like, I need to binge watch this show on Netflix for three days. Like, okay. That's what I did during my abortion. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're like, I just need to cope in this way. That's I all binge watched really bad Netflix that I would probably never put on again. That's okay. okay That's so a that really amazing fun. message. So thank you to whoever spirit guide brought that in. Yeah, that was my, um, it was one of my guides. Um, she, she's like the one that's most physically with me all the time. And I call her hope because she's always here. So that was her. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And then let me see if there's anything else that like immediately, I feel like would actually serve your platform too. And not just me talking about like, Hey, what I think you should eat for lunch or whatever the fuck you guys are saying. <laughs> so, <that was> Good. <laughs> it's just also it's so accurate. Um, the big things on fear of like don't letting not letting fear defining you and going your day to day, making sure that you're taking stock of what you're actually afraid of when you feel it. Because so often as humans, we get caught up in like, um, you know we're just afraid and our body has the same fear reaction to I'm about to get hit by a car as it does to maybe this person won't like me. Like it has the same reaction. So we treat it like the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) So always constantly take stock of your fears or make a list of your fears um, so that you know what you're actually afraid of and whether you should be or not, because our brain doesn't know how to feel differently until we teach it. Mm -hmm. And so often we're not taught how to feel things as kids. We're just someone, an adult randomly put a label to whatever we were feeling. And so our brain associated to that forever as that feeling, even though half the time it's not. Um, yeah. So remind yourself what it is to feel certain things consciously in the moment to moment. And that's really going to help with starting to unblock all of that trauma and also releasing some of your magic. Totally. I did a podcast episode about hiding after abortion. Ooh. And I talked about primal, your primal brain and your rational brain. And that really comes into play with fear too, right? Like, is this primal fear? Like I'm not safe. Like I'm going to get hit by a car, like you said, (laughs) or is this like my rational brain just kind of playing it out and, and something that is okay to step into. So, Mm -hmm. oh, so good. And then the last thing. Okay. Yeah. What's the last thing? Last thing. Sorry to go one more time, but this was, no, no, no. I, I could, I could let this go on forever. So okay, good. I'm like, oh, I hope I don't have to keep going. Um, it's okay to let go. Don't feel guilt around letting go of things. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to feel guilty about things forever for them to have, you know, been something you felt bad for once. Like you can actually let go of things and be okay with being like healthy in that way and letting those things go. It's okay to do that. And we like, it's not necessary to feel guilt around all those things that you feel like you need to hold on to as a part of your person. Like you don't have to. That for me ties into the first thing you shared, which is like the grieving who you were, right? So let's just say you're, you always identified as someone with a strong religious belief and then you, that shifts for you. There's also, there's a letting go there, right? Mm -hmm. Of like letting go of that version of yourself. Um, of course, yeah, you brought up like guilt or regret, or there's lots of other things to let go, like, but 
those two tie in together in my mind. Gotcha. Yeah, they do kind of for sure. But there's usually tends to be a huge amount of guilt associated with holding on to our trauma as if we aren't going to be able to learn from it if we don't feel bad about it. Still. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a big one too. We aren't going to be able to learn from it if we don't feel bad about it. I mean, that's sort of like also for me resident with like, um, we can't earn money unless we work really hard, right? Like, or like sacrifice, right? Like we have to sacrifice something to, to learn this lesson or to get this reward or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I had a really interesting download the other day. A download's when I get like directly talked to from spirit in some capacity for those of you who don't know what I mean. I didn't download it on the internet. It like, <laughs> I'll be like laying in bed and I'll be like, bing. Um, but we were actually, me and um, my fiance went to the hot springs and I had this download there, which I thought was really interesting. And it just ties into the like money earning thing is that the, cause I can see frequencies of different things. So like one of my gifts is I can see the frequency of which energies move from different things. Um, and the energy of money is the same frequency as the energy of trust. So if you're having trust issues at any part of your life, you're not going to be able to call in that money because it's literally calling in the exact same frequency. And so if you're healing those trust issues, you can heal your relationship with money, which I just was like, that is really cool. Like I could like How many women and men too, but you know, we speak mostly to women are moving through trust issues after, uh, well, after really abusive relationships for sure. Mm-hmm. But then after, like for me, the trust issue after abortion was like trusting my body again. Yeah. Like That's I didn't trust my own body. Like that was stuff that I had to work through. Like, holy moly, like <laughs> something just shifted. And now I can't even trust my own body, which is like the thing I'm most intimately connected with. Right. But it's, it's hard too, because then all of a sudden you're having a differentiation between what is you and what is your body too. And like that fracturing is difficult. I love all this. So, so good. Okay. So tell us where people can find you and, oh, so when you go to her website, which she's going to tell you about, make sure you check out that ask one question. This is something I've been wanting to do in, I have two websites and one of them and I think it's just the most brilliant thing ever. And I think everyone should go ask Emily a question. (laughs) Thank you. Tell us where where they can find you. Yeah. So my website is damselnomore.com, which is also the name of my book. It's Damsel No More, like a damsel in distress, but not anymore. Um, (laughs) So that's where they can find me. And on there, you can ask me one free guidance question. So it's like you're accessing my gifts for a free question of yours, whether it is like, hey, can you tell me about a past life? Or what do my spirit guides have this message? Or like, tell me what's going on this year with my career, anything along those lines, you can ask in that question form. So it's totally a free question um, from, for you to ask me and I'll tune into all of your people and not people that are on your team. <laughs> That'll help you out. Um, so that's on there. And then also um, you can set up, you can book a longer in-depth reading with me. Like I do actually do different types of readings for people. Um, so if you guys are really like, oh my gosh, I really do want to connect with, you know, the soul of the child from abortion or oh, anything along shoot, those we lines. We didn't even talk about that. Okay. So let's talk about the possibility of connecting with the, the soul mm-hmm. of this spirit who chose your body. And then, you know, yeah. as I say, like I said, no, <laughs> right. no, thank you, soul. Um, but let's just give a brief, like intro to, to that even being a possibility. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I do any sort of mediumship reads, which that qualifies for, because it's a soul that came to the planet briefly and is not on the planet anymore. Um, the way I do any sort of mediumship reads is all is I just, I have a space that I go into energetically that I create and I ask for that soul to step forward and talk to me. And sometimes a representative of that soul comes forward instead. Sometimes I just get a spirit guide that's like, no, not now. Like that soul doesn't want to talk. And then sometimes I really, that soul will come through um, and I will get to have a full conversation with them and ask them the questions that you have, get to share with you, with them the messages that, you know, they could share with you the messages they're giving and all sorts of stuff along those lines. So it's a really cool and healing process. Yeah. Um, and it's also, it's one of those things of like, can you, are you able to like, without breaking confidentiality, just anonymously, anonymously share some of the messages that come through, like specific to these babies who, who mm-hmm. did not come to human form? Yeah. One really healing one was you only needed me for the moments you had me. Oh my God. And so I talk about this, I've talked about this a lot before, like that's a message from another baby to another mama, but that's a, that's a message we can all borrow right? Mm-hmm. We can try it on. We can see if it fits. We can see if it feels good. Yeah. Um, and there may be a different message for you from your baby, but like we can all f- try that on and see yeah. how it feels. It's just like trying clothes on. You're like, does that feel good if I think it? Yeah. Oh, wait a second. That feels really good. I'm going to keep thinking that, thinking yeah. it and continue to feel better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That oh, one, that's a, that was a big one. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, through that, I also like with those reads most of the time after we talk, tap in and, and talk, which it doesn't tend to be a very long conversation because there's usually not a lot to say outside of like, here's my core messages for you, or I'm coming back. You don't need to worry about it. Like that's a big one too. Um, but people like I'll tune in they'll be like, Oh no, that was just the first time I'm coming back. So I'm not going to talk anymore because I'm I'm going to be back. And I'm like, okay, that's it. Um, but then what we really do is we dive in, we pull any sort of traumatic beliefs because I'm I do energy transmutation where I pull limiting beliefs and blocks for people. So we go into your energy and we'll pull some of those limiting beliefs you're holding on to based on that trauma um, and kind of release a lot of that so that you can get it flowing again. I can't even. It's so good. I just thank you so much. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I think we connected in a Facebook group. So three cheers for social media and <laughs> thank you for sharing with our listeners. I cannot wait to share this episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love having platforms that really are about like true authenticity and vulnerability to like get to speak on um, because it's a cool shift in the, like our conscious conversation that's happening on this planet right now. So yeah, I, really I mean, I really it. truly believe that every time we have one of these conversations, we're healing the wounds a little bit more and a little mm-hmm. bit more and a little bit more. And every time someone presses play, right? So share with your friends because Every time anyone presses play, like we're opening the doors, opening the doors, opening the doors. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Also on there, if you, if anyone's interested in like actually learning how to uncover this magical gifts that I'm talking about, you can apply for, or you can just set up a free clarity session with me where we go through an hour of free clarity and see if you're qualifying for my magical boot camp program. Oh my God. (laughs) How do you do it all? How do you do it all? (laughs) I mean... It's fun for you me. Let the, you let yeah, your spirits guide you. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime I'm like, okay, I feel like this energetic cycle is done. I like cut something off and like, yeah. That. So beautiful. <laughs> Until next week. 
Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.